T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Danny and Dusty. My Uncle Gus is the uncle that likes to work the grill. As soon as you walk in the house, it's like, get away from that grill. You don't know how to stop no fire. With the latest on the Blazers, Ducks, Beavers, and the hottest topics in sports. We're going to eat a hamburger, okay? Here we go. Chatter, throw the match. Now that's a fire. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. I'm not cooking them Brontosaurus burger. The Fan. Hour number three. Or two of Dan Heat Dusty. Hour number three is in one hour from now. Yeah, yeah. Angie Machado will be on in hour number three. There we go. Uh, this hour we'll be joined by uh, Danny Morang. Um, he is going to get the worst day on the web. We're going to give it to him. He's already won it. I think it's well earned. And he's got to defend himself. Yeah. Because now celebrities are calling him out on it on his take. Yes. Um, and we'll talk about that. Uh, right or wrong, stuffing is overrated. <laughs> that at one thirty, Yeah. An investigative report. Also this hour, we'll talk about Kenny Dillingham. Um, where there's smoke, there's fire. There's more. Uh, with Kenny Dillingham and the rumors of, uh, him in the flirtation with Arizona State. But where we got to start, we got a lot of meat left on the bone from the NFL Week 11. We're right around the corner from really, Week 12 is here, basically. We got two days, man. Yeah. We're going to have a trio of games, Thanksgiving, triple dip. Um, but let's uh, digest some of what happened in Week 11 in the NFL. Um, we were talking about the impressive 43 beat down the Cowboys handed the Vikings. How impressive was that? This stat will tell you. One, is a great win by the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys are back! Two, you should not believe the Minnesota Vikings, no matter what you do. Because no team, 8-1 or better, has ever lost by 37 or more points at home since the merger of the AFL and the NFL. Yeesh. <laughs> that is an incredible stat. Like, they they were 8-1, and one, and they got housed. And I do not care about two offensive linemen being hurt. Because guess what? In the history of the NFL, there's been an 8-1 eight, eight team or better, 9-0 and o team or whatever, and they have had two injured offensive linemen and not gotten beat by 37 points. <laughs> it is also the largest uh, road win in franchise history. <laughs> Margin of victory, 37 points. Wow. For the Cowboys. I, I, I don't know if you know this. They've been pretty good. 
in the history of that franchise. Yeah. Uh, can we all also agree that Tony Pollard is the guy and he should be the guy moving forward for the Cowboys? Is is that still a discussion? Uh, uh, apparently it is. I think it should stop. <laughs> um, all right. Let's go to the Sunday night game. Um, we saw the Kansas City Chiefs, whether you want to believe the referees helped out Kansas City or not, that is a legitimate discussion. We can uh, have that at a separate time and place. But uh, the Chiefs' 30-27 to win was fueled by a six-catch, 115-yard performance by Travis Kelsey, uh, where he had a trio of touchdowns. And it was a little bit of history-making. As Travis Kelsey passed Rob Gronkowski for the most 100-yard games by a, a tight end in NFL history with 33. Travis Kelsey is putting up ridiculous numbers. And, and I think that it is. It, he has been a guy that we have all considered him one of, if not the best tight ends in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't seem like he has gotten the shine that you know Gronk did right. or even... Uh, George Kittle yeah. has, has gotten a ton of love. And Kelsey gets a lot of pub. But he is historically great. He is historically, and I think that the fact that Andy Reid, the fact that it's uh, Patrick Mahomes that's on his team, and they have a, a litany of weapons around him his, over the last, uh, you know, hand, well, his entire career in Kansas City, I think that has kind of slowed down uh, the acknowledgement of the greatness of Travis Kelsey. Now that I, you know Tyreek is gone and you, they're dinged up at the wide receiver position, and it is he is that focal point, start getting more of that shine because he is a Hall of Famer, and I, I can't believe that people that there's like this conversation about some of these guys this past week of are they even a Hall of Famer? Like I heard a com- I heard a, a conversation about is Derrick Henry a Hall of Famer? That dude is different. Now, I, and I know that there are a lot of backs that will have more yards than him currently, you know, that are on the list to get into the Hall of Fame. Right. What Derrick Henry does is different than what you see from backs in the NFL. Yes. He is bigger, stronger, faster. And it's not just a compiling of numbers that will get you into the Hall of Fame. It is that aura around you where I don't know if I've ever seen another grown man throw other grown men around the way that Derrick Henry does while he's carrying a football and running 23 miles an hour down a field. Yeah. It's insane what he is able to do. His size, speed, physicality, and finesse when he, he wants to juke somebody, he does. Like, there's Derrick Henry, if he walked away today, that man should be getting a gold jacket in Canton. So should Travis Kelsey. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of guys that will because we are an era of wide receivers right now where they're putting up ridiculous numbers and they will continue to do so. The, uh, I believe I saw in a graphic last night, and it was about George Kittle, uh, and it was uh, tight end rece- or, you know, receiving yards by a tight end since 2017. And he had something, it was 4,400, 4,500 yards. Uh, and he was second to Travis Kelsey, who was more than 2,000 yards clear of him. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. You know, speaking of uh, funny numbers, uh, this one stuck out to me. I saw this... Uh, Scroll by on my, my Twitter feed. Joe Burrow threw for 355 yards uh, this past weekend in 37-30 win over the Steelers. Joe Burrow has already thrown for 10,000 yards in his career. <laughs> now, that pales in comparison to Thomas Edward Brady, who just crossed like the 100,000-yard yeah. mark. But 
he he he's thrown for ten thousand yards in thirty six games, which is the third fastest in NFL history. Yeah, it's just such a different game now. The other two ahead of of Joe Burrow are Patrick Mahomes, who did it in thirty four games, and Justin Herbert, who did it in thirty five. Like. <laughs> We talk about the era of quarterback play. We are in it, man. And numbers will be absolutely destroyed and shattered because there's now a 17th game. And, you know, you can you can say what you want, but Tom Brady even may get taken down by some of these guys because these guys are going to be playing their entire careers in the era where you can't touch the quarterback. Yep. They have an extra game every single year that they can start tracking down numbers. And think of that. Like Tom Brady's what in his twenty first year? He, he's in a twenty he's in his twenty first year as a as an NFL player. You play seventeen years in the NFL and all of a sudden you catch up an entire season on Brady. Yeah. I mean that that's the reality of what these guys are gonna be doing. So seventeen years is is you're gonna full extra year in that bad boy and these guys are now learning because of you know uh science and guys like tom brady who have taken uh, taken such good care of their bodies how to make your career longer 23rd year 23rd year 20 years in new england third in tampa yeah wow uh but yeah 100,000 yards is a lot but uh joe burrow doing 10,000 in 36 games that's an incredible 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 feat um, look, this is a very quick um, meat on the bone, but I, w- I wanted to get this one uh, too. Marcus Jones, who ruined your Sunday, Jeff. Mm-hmm. His 84-yard punt return for a touchdown, that would be the second longest uh, go-ahead fourth quarter touchdown in Patriots history. The longest um, is Ron Burton, who had a 91-yard field goal return for a touchdown back in 1962. And the reason why I like that that little nug here, I think that that is the most electric way to score in football. A missed field goal? The missed field goal return. Absolutely. The kick six Auburn, uh, Alabama, and the Iron Bowl. Anytime that you see a guy go back and return that kick, it was Ed Reed for the Ravens. Who had the the 110 yard return where they catch it like on the end line and then they go? Yep. It is. It gets me every single time. I love it every single time I see it. And I just wanted to get that out there that <laughs> I think that's the best way to score in in all of football is the missed field goal for a touchdown. I think it's awesome. And Cordell Patterson, by the way, when we talk about Hall of Famers, um, he did something on Sunday that we're not supposed to do anymore. We're not supposed to do anymore. Kick return for a touchdown. Um, which now he has seven career touchdowns of over a hundred or more yards. Wow, that, and that's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Like they're trying to take the kickoff return out of the game of football, and Cordell Patterson uh, found a way to go hundo yards for a touchdown, and that's what beat. That's what ended up beating the Bears, man. It was one, it ended up being a three point game, and that second quarter uh, kickoff return for a touchdown, the decider. All right, that is meat on the bone. Um, let's get to the this Kenny Dillingham story. Um, there is more smoke to the reports of Kenny Dillingham and the flirtations with another Pac-12 school. Danny and Dusty on the fan. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Danny and Dusty on the fan. All right, 32-year-old offensive coordinator Kenny Dillingham is a Boyles Award semifinalist for the best uh, assistant coach in college football. He is also uh, a hell of a play caller, and we're seeing it. And his rise has been meteoric through the coaching ranks. I mean, from a guy that started as a player slash coach at Chaparral High School when he was a senior and he hurt his knee and wasn't able to play to coaching at Chaparral to a a state title. I think they won six consecutive state titles um, as he was a assistant, a student at Arizona State and was the offensive coordinator for the high school and quarterbacks coach at the high school um, to going and Todd Graham looking around going, why is this guy not? on our staff here at Arizona state. And that's where he met up with Dan Lanning was with, because of that relationship with Todd Graham, uh, his rise has been quick. He was a 20, what, eight year old when he was hired as the OC at Auburn and then going over to Florida state for a couple of years. And now here he is at Oregon. And this year has been incredible to watch the offense grow. Um, now we have more, um, smoke to the fire of his alma mater from his hometown uh, Arizona State wanting the services of Kenny Dillingham for their head coaching vacancy. And another report out of 24-7 Sports Bray, uh, Chris Hummer, uh, says that Kenny Dillingham has had discussions with the power brokers at Arizona State about the vacant head coaching job. And this isn't the first report. It won't be the last one about Kenny Dillingham and Arizona State and linking those two together uh, because of the fact of there is a connection there. Uh, between the two, and it's obviously a very strong one. And for a guy that has been in coaching as long as he has and be such a young age, 
you know, obviously that is going to be a draw for Dillingham is the Arizona State job, not just the emotional connection, but the fact that you could get your head coaching crack at, at such a young age. But I would I will be very interested to see how much uh, of a drawback it is, the fact that there is a massive, looming NCAA investigation surrounding Arizona State still in that football program. And also where we're at in the in the world of college athletics, because it is no secret name, image, and likeness is a big deal in, in the world of recruiting. And Kenny Dillingham and his chops as as a coach have come with a an eye on these powerhouse programs and how they operate and in what recruiting is as a lifeblood of your program. He's seen it at. Arizona State, the deficiency that you have financially and what it could mean to landing recruits before NIL. Then he goes to Auburn, you know, after going to Memphis, which Memphis is whatever, but he goes to he goes to Auburn, and as the offensive coordinator there, you see the difference between the haves and the have-nots at these power programs. And he's seen the other side of it where he went from a have-not at Arizona State to going to one of those halves. And then he goes to Florida State and sees that dysfunction and what recruiting means to your program. And when you can't recruit at the high level, what a, a hole you can dig yourself into and how hard it is to dig out of it. Does Arizona State have the financial backing to be a big player in the world of NIL, in the world of recruiting? That is going to be the question number one for anybody that takes that that job in that gig. And I'm not saying that's going to be a, a, a disqualifier for Kenny Dillingham to go to, I don't know, his hometown, to the school he went to, to the school that he first was a coach for. I don't think that will be a disqualifier at all. But I think that it will play a massive role as to whether or not it it is somewhere he wants to be. Um, or or somebody, whoever takes that job and wants to be there long-term. The, the thing with a job like Arizona State is, I mean, okay, so we got USC and UCLA leaving the conference, but does Arizona State have a shot at any time in the very near future becoming a top three or four or even five team in this conference? It's going to be an uphill. It will be an uphill climb. I've always like been on the Arizona State sleeping giant, Arizona State sleeping giant. There's a lot of cooks in the kitchen, yeah. and their pockets are not nearly as deep as the as the top contenders in the world of college football. Well, and how long can you be a sleeping giant before you're just, you know, asleep? <laughs> you're just dead. <laughs> um, but that that program, man, no matter who goes there, there are some programs that are just hard. I think Kenny Dill- uh Kenny Dilling. Sonny Dykes is a great example of this. I've talked about Sonny Dykes um, last week. He won at Louisiana Tech. Again, Louisiana Tech. And he got he parlayed that into the Cal job with his success there. He ran a dynamic offense. Obviously, the son of Spike Dykes grew up in the coaching world. He, he, he was been groomed to be a head coach. He goes to Cal. And financially, Cal is behind the eight ball. I mean, I mean, they run at an insane deficit, you know, tens of millions of dollars every single year. Financially, they can't keep up. 
recruiting is very hard because the academic requirements at, at Cal as well. But you can get you can get dudes in if you if you really want them. He flamed out. He failed. Sonny Dykes and TCU are eleven and zero this year, and they have to beat a four and seven Iowa State, and then they'll have a rematch with somebody in the Big Twelve title game. They could find themselves in the college football playoff in one year with with Sonny Dykes because TCU has got deep pockets. TCU will get a lot, will get guys in. TCU is in a hotbed for recruiting. You know. He is a damn good coach and continues to be a good coach. I mean, he did at SMU, by the way, before he got that job at TCU. Sonny Dykes is a great coach. He could not win at Cal because of everything that was against him. And I think Arizona State has a lot of those factors, not the academic requirements. But think about this. Cal is still in a hotbed of recruiting. I mean, the Bay Area has got talent. They always have. The state of California has got talent. Arizona is a very talent-rich state. I, I mean, it is... For the, like per capita, it is one of the hotbeds of recruiting. And you're close to Texas, you're close to Southern California. You can recruit there, but it takes deep pockets. It takes buy-in from the athletic department. It takes not just boosters that are willing to pay for NIL, but the facilities war. You know, the campus being all in on your football program winning. That Having campus buy-in is a bigger thing than what people give credit to. Because... It wasn't until Jim Harbaugh got to Stanford that the campus bought in and said, okay, we'll, we'll have some focus on football. We'll buy some houses for your assistant coaches to live in, for goodness sakes, <laughs> because that needed to happen there. Yeah, it, it takes a lot more than just getting a good coach in because good coaches fail at places if they've not given a chance to succeed. And I wonder, you know, whoever takes that Arizona State job, whether it's Dillingham or not, and Dillingham may be a guy that they have to zero in on because I think good coaches will turn it down because of all of the factors that are against a program like Arizona State. And let's not rule out the uncertain future of the conference that they play in, too. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the, I, which I, I tend to believe that the Pac-12 is going to be – it will sustain. And with the, tw- the expansion to a 12-team playoff, and if they get an automatic berth, uh, I, I think that – well, then they will get an automatic berth. And I think the conference has has staying power because that that's a great deterrent from Oregon and Washington from leaving. They're saying, hey, you'll have a seat at the table, yeah. at the big boys' table. Um, but I, I think that all of those things will play a factor. And as you, you take all of those things into account, NCAA investigation, you do not have deep pockets for NIL. You do not have an athletic department that is is running in the black and and bankrolling money. You have a very big alumni base, and that is something that I I can't believe Arizona State hasn't parlayed that into more more fervor and success in in fundraising for athletics, but it really it, it kind of hasn't. Yeah. Okay. You've got a lot of things going against in, in the track record of of great coaches have gone there and gone down there and not succeeded. Yeah. It's well, going to so, be very interesting to see. That's why you try to go get the guy, you know, the the hometown guy. Yep, who's, he's young. Who's, who's the, you know, that Hansel, he's so hot right now. And he is, man. And if you're Dan Lanning, he has grown in his coaching chops from guys that have always had a plan to replace. Whether it's Saban, whether it's Kirby Smart, you always have a plan in place of, and you have a list of guys that you've been around, that you trust, that yep. you think would be good. Uh, and you want to talk about striking where the iron's hot? And Kenny Dillingham and Bo Nix have a lot of the same uh, 
discussions that they're going to have to be going over in their head too because coming back to Oregon seems like the no-brainer for both of those guys because of of the advantages that you have but they had, they celebrated four offensive linemen on senior day Oregon yeah. yeah that that Oregon offensive line that's given up went down three sacks all season long yes and one of those sacks was Bonix dropping to the fetal position this past week just cuz he can't he didn't want to step up and he couldn't move as well as he normally does. Can't plant off that foot. Will you have an offensive line like that for next year and running it back to Eugene if you're Bo Nix? I, I, I think that's a conversation that we can have maybe later today or, or for another day is Bo Nix was one of those guys that was celebrated on senior day for Oregon. Should he come back and what would it take for him to come back? Um, but we'll maybe talk about that later. We got an interview with Angie Machado coming up at the top of next hour. We also um, have next the worst day on the web, which uh, we will be calling Danny Morang from COVID jail uh, because he's got to defend himself. First is Rust with SportsCenter. All I want to do is zoom, 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 and a boom, boom. It's time for today's worst day on the web with Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. Oh, really? That sucks. All right, it is time for the worst day on the web. Um, and this is a an all-time first. Uh, the worst day on the web uh, comes to us from Twitter where a tweet reads, Quick note ahead of Thanksgiving. It doesn't matter who makes it. Stuffing is overrated, and you've can just convinced yourself you like it to make someone else in your life happy. It's very mid. That comes from none other than co-host of this show, the Danny in Danny and Dusty, Danny Morang. And Danny Morang, for the first time ever, we have a defend yourself on the worst day of the web. He joins us now from COVID jail. Danny, how are you, sir? The phone call is coming from inside the house. Oh, my God, you sound horrible. <laughs> <laughs> how are you doing, buddy? Um, pretty pretty awful, I'll be honest. Um, I The body aches are gone, which are great. Mm. Um, but my, as you can tell, my throat is completely fried. Um, hope like I feel infinitely better, even though I sound really bad. I, don't get me wrong, I'm Been still there. sick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. The um, I, I listen, man. I was losing each round ten eight in the first couple rounds. <laughs> oh, it, was, it was not good. Uh. I was I was in the corner, just barely protecting myself. Uh. Um, but on this particular on this particular take, I feel like that there is something here that is not being discussed. Okay. But by one person, Garrett Imason on Twitter mm-hmm. pointed out, I, I, I see, he highlighted the difference between stuffing and dressing. Yes, we've talked about and that, stu- yes. yes. Yes, stuffing is mid. It's soggy. It's, it, like, it has all the flavors, but it's just like, eh. there's only so much you can do with it. Dressing, you can, like, you can do stuff with. You can toss some sausage in. You can go a little cornbread. You can spice it up. You can dress it up. Little rosemary. All the things. But stuffing is mid. 
I will stand no. by it. No, you are a you. No, this is a this is a bad take. And I said I was not going to disparage Mama Meringue because I don't know if she's the person that makes these stuffing in your home. But if for Thanksgiving and but it, it truly is like, have you had good stuffing before? Because if you yes. have good stuffing, it is it is phenomenal. It's a, and it is the it's perfect bread. No, it is on your fork. You have your turkey, your stuffing your mashed potatoes and gravy, and that is the perfect bite. It gives you a little bit of everything. It adds so much seasoning, the the perfect seasoning to go with your turkey and a juicy turkey. A stuffing can make it, my man. The stuffing can make it. It is so good. No. No, the stuffing doesn't need to make it because the turkey needs to be better or you need to be eating some ham or some prime rib. <laughs> no. Okay. That's how now now what you, you're looking at this from the lens of a, a black and white, if – and it's like an if and or. You need to look at it as it is a highlighter. It is together. And you make you bring yeah. it all together. It's not this. Nobody's just sitting around and eating stuffing on their own. And here's the thing you about Thanksgiving. read my Twitter feed. No, read my Twitter feed. There are monsters right now talking about how they will just eat a plate of stuffing. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> These people are like, I'm looking forward to eating stuffing. And I'm like. But why? It's 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 okay. Like if it was so good, you would have you would have other people talking about. Hey, yeah, no, I had stuffing tonight. You want to come over? No, you know I don't make it all that often because you don't make turkey that often because it's overrated. And number two, stuffing you don't have all the time all the time because it's overrated as well. Now I good. I do. I will have. We were talking about this earlier in the show. I will go with like if we're having rotisserie chicken night. I'll throw it in there. I'll, I'll go, hey, we're going to put some stovetop to go along with this rotisserie chicken. And you kind of fancy it up a little bit and you have a little gravy. Uh, Are you gravy stuffing action. in the chicken? No, we're not stuffing it in the chicken. It's dressing so on the go, side. You're, yeah. yeah, you're going dressing. Well, because I've already, we can, we can but have... because it's already a rotisserie chicken. And, and look, you cannot, the sogginess when you put the stuffing in and you have the stuffing, you, you are correct in this. Dressing greater than stuffing. And that is See, true. That's that, that's the argument that I'm making here. It's and again, stuffing isn't bad. It's just mid. Everybody's like, oh my god, it's this great thing that it gets super excited. Well, here's like, here's where you got people though. No, here's where no. here's where you dropped the grenade in the middle of the living room and said, "Happy Thanksgiving," and it blew up on everybody. <laughs> is you said it doesn't matter who makes it. Stuffing is overrated, and you just convinced yourself you like it to make someone in your life happy. Like that is where you just like, all right, <laughs> woo, pull the pin and walk away, <laughs> you terrorist. <laughs> I mean, little chaos grenade. I like to stir. Listen, man, I've been sta- I've been stuck in a, a freaking uh, house for what four or five days now. <laughs> yeah, you don't think I'm stirring things, some things hey. up just for s's and giggles at this point? <laughs> you know what? It's a good thing that you've got the COVID. You won't be able to taste your stuffing on two days. But uh, I'm actually so unfortunately, you know, clearly, clearly, I'm not doing Thanksgiving right now. Yeah. Um. Oh man, that so is a bummer. I, yeah, so uh, none of the in-laws, we had already planned on doing it uh, with my family on Saturday. That's probably dicey um, yeah. at this point unless I, you know, get incredibly better. And I'm going to miss the, the, the PKI now, too, probably. Uh, so, uh, kind, of a, kind of a bummer moment for all of this. It is. I started thinking, if I get long COVID and I can't taste something, 
At least I won't be able to taste the stuffing. <laughs> monster. You're a monster out here. You are a monster out here. But uh, uh, do you have... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Don't get too excited. We don't want a coughing fit. Yeah. Uh, you sound no. You sound like uh, death. Uh, can't. Are, are, yeah. Do you have your smell and taste? Is that all good? <clears throat> right now? Um... Uh, kind of. Like mm. they're definitely muted. Yeah, that that's a lot like, of that congestion too. A lot of yeah, that congestion. Yeah, I, I got. I, I'm punching back right now, so we'll we'll see. Um, I I've opted like unfortunately I needed to go to the grocery store, and so I've got um instead of cooking because I don't want it stand even right now. I got the old food being dropped off here for for a late lunch here in about an hour or so. Mm. We'll see. Uh, see how. Let's see if I can taste the tomato soup as it goes down. Oh, buddy, I hope you start feeling better. And um, congratulations for being the first ever worst day on the web that we actually get to interview. I, I think we should do this more often. Is talk to people about why they made the decisions they made on the internet. This this may be the evolution of the show is tracking them down. <laughs> Um, like well, I'm I'm glad that you are starting to feel better. Uh, you you do sound uh, like absolute hell, but uh, I appreciate yeah. you, and uh, I hope I hope everybody in the meringue household uh, starts feeling better. And I'm sure we'll, I'll be texting with you. Oh, do you have Blazer thoughts from last night, really quick? Uh, yeah, Jonas is still really good. Oh, I said that too. He's good at throwing ladders and baskets. He's really good at that. Yeah, no. It turns out the Blazers didn't address the ability to stop the world's greatest player. Shocking. Yeah, yeah. No, I and, mean, like, like, like and, it, it's, it wasn't uh, anything too crazy. I thought they, they, they started slow. They got back into the game. I thought they, needed, they did what they needed to do. They kept the, you know, everybody was worried about, you know, uh, the three-point line. They kept the Bucks mostly contested the three-point line. The problem is, is that they just can't contest that kind of size around the rim. And yeah. Giannis just decided to put them in a headlock, even though Justice got him back. Um, but between Giannis dunking and Giannis absolutely murdering them from the mid-range, that's just you're going to live with it. That's how it's going to go some night. Well, and that's like, uh, you know, we were saying this earlier in the show when we were talking about it, is like we talked about this last week where it's how hard it is to play on both ends of the floor. And this is like mm-hmm. not having Damian Lillard. It's been so cool to see Anthony Simons again pick up uh, that slack in the rope and the scoring load in the backcourt. But now you're asking a, a, a ridiculous amount from Jeremy Grant, who has been incredible mm-hmm. for this team, to do it offensively and defensively against a guy like Giannis. And that's a really hard thing to do on both ends of the floor in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, Giannis is, what, what do you finish with, 37-7-6 on 16-24? Like, I mean... The only shots he missed were like a couple, you know, pull-ups. But otherwise, he sat there and murdered from the mid-range and dumped on everybody. Yeah. Grant played incredibly well. He was, you know, eighteen and four while contesting as much of Giannis as you can. But uh, I haven't seen anybody slow that dude down yet. So, but I, I thought they did what they kind of needed to. Uh, the third quarter was obviously the one where it got away from him, thirty to eighteen. You saw the, you know, not having game. Uh, not having that ball handler, and uh, not to, I don't want to be unfair to the kid, but Shaden had his, had a really rough night, yeah, and they, they've he, they have counted on him a lot for probably about ten to twelve points a night, um, and when he doesn't give them that burst in the first or the or the his first shift, and then on this game starting or in the third, um, then they're kind of missing that little bit of oomph, and they just didn't really get that from anybody else. Nas cleaned up a little bit at the end of the game, mm-hmm. but. 
other than that, I think you kind of saw what you expected to see. Uh, it'll, I think it should look a little bit different against Cleveland. As good as Cleveland is, they aren't um, the, the bigs aren't the guys who are going to score on you. It's the guards. You've got Garland and, and Mitchell, and I think that's going to be a bit more of a uh, matchup the Blazers can handle. Yep, absolutely. The Rook in Shane Sharp, the Rook is going to have Rook nights. It's going to yeah, happen. 100%. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. All right, man. Hey, you start feeling better. Uh, um, we'll, we'll, you need we'll to start feeling there. All right. Um, and then, this is a great point, too, um, on the fan text line, 503-250-1080. Uh, got to remember, Danny ate mess hall stuffing, which is probably a little bit different. It's probably a little bit here's different. Something cra- here, here's something to, to back that up a little bit, too. Um, I didn't have a Thanksgiving, a birthday, or Christmas for five straight years from the time that I was 18 until I was 23. Oh so there you gosh. go. Oh my! And that's God. why I hate it so much. <laughs> All right, buddy, rest up, uh, get healthy. I know that uh, just this like five minutes that you've been on with us, uh, you're probably wiped out from from the COVID. I want to go curl up in a ball and die. <laughs> yeah. All right, buddy, go do it. <laughs> Great cough to to exit out on. All right, man, <laughs> have a good one. We'll probably talk to you later today. <laughs> <laughs> he can't even say bye. Rust had to cut his mic off. I feel like I feel bad laughing, but at least he's laughing with us. Um, all right, Danny Morang defends himself, uh, and it wasn't that bad. It, it was the and this is it. He, he 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 softened it up a little bit, but it's that middle part in there where it's just like, you, yeah. The only reason why you you say like is to make someone feel better, and that is where it comes so hard at people and yeah. it, it offends their thanksgiving love well and at least he also is making the distinction between the stuffing and the dressing too mm-hmm. so which you know because so many so much of the time people just lump it all into the same dish and you were you were very quick to separate those at the onset of this show yeah. so because there is a distinction there is a distinction there all right um that is our worst day on the web it is danny Morang who also gave us blazer thoughts as well um We've got a, a big night tonight in the NBA. A big night. I, I'm really, I'm actually, this is a, a game that I'm going to have my eye on because I'm very interested to see how this one uh, shakes out. Danny Dusty on the fan. On the Odyssey app and 1080, the fan. There's a game in the NBA uh, I'm very excited to see tonight. No, Blazers are off. They play on Wednesday. They got tomorrow in Cleveland. No, 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 no. It is the 430 tilt between the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh? In the Wells Fargo Center. In Philly, Ben Simmons is finally making his return as a player on the floor against the Philadelphia 76ers. And I'm really excited to see how this plays out because, one, the Boo Birds are going to be a plenty. Oh, yes. They're going to come at I'm gonna come at you like a spider monkey, Chip. They are going to be all hopped up on Mountain Dew. Uh Let's be real, it's Philadelphia. They will be all hopped up on any alcohol they can possibly get their hands on. And it's going to be booze raining down on Ben Simmons left and right. There is good, there's 
what interests me about this game so much is not just watching a guy get booed mercilessly, which is going to happen, but the part that I'm interested in is Ben Simmons in his interviews that he's doing. He's been sounding and looking genuinely excited about the opportunity to play. Like he's been saying it over and over and over and over and over again, how he's excited for this and he's excited to be back in Philly and he knows what's coming and he's looking kind of forward to what's going to happen tonight. I want to see how he handles that because the way that Ben Simmons is acting about this is uh, like a really healthy way to approach it instead of what he has done, you know, in the past, which is shut down and, and go inside your shell, which means to me that, Ben Simmons is in a really good place between the years. Yeah. Well, he's it, been playing well lately this, his last few games. He absolutely has. Well, he plays best game of the year against Portland. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Well, and then followed up with his best game of the year after that even yeah. against the Grizz. But, yeah. And so now he gets to go to Philly where they're not going to have uh, Joel Embiid. So you're not going to have that layer of the kind of friction between the two. Um, because he's, you know, Embiid's going to be out with that, uh, what was that, foot injury. Um, and so he's he's sitting, and so there's going to be a little bit of confidence there. I think if, if Joel Embiid is playing, I think it's a little bit different because of the friction that those two had. And just the knowing for Ben Simmons that Embiid won't be out there, that he right now has the better team on the floor, and I think that has a lot to do with his confidence heading into this game. And it really will be interesting to see how he performs and how he reacts to it. Because unlocking Ben Simmons, that guy, you, you say what you want about his attitude, uh, whether he's a quitter or not. Um, I, I do not like the way he left Philadelphia. I think that he has an immense amount of talent. Um, and I do know that there's a lot of outside factors that led to him being disgruntled. But the way he did it, that's not being a good teammate. That's not being there for the guys that are around you. And I don't like that. I, I don't like that personally. I know that, yeah, there might be a lot of reasons why, but you, at the end of the day, you are a professional and you can mend a lot of those bridges within a locker room. You, you can do that. You can. And the mishandling of him by management, no, you you can still go to bat for the guys that you're sitting in that, that locker room with. And I think that's where I lost. I lost a lot of adoration, admiration for um, Ben Simmons because of that. But um, I also know he was in a really bad place, and being in a really bad place between the years can um, it can lead to a lot of irrational behavior. And maybe that's what it was, and maybe that was something that made him shut down even more. I, I, well, I know it can be something that made him shut down even more. Uh, towards the people that maybe in hindsight he will does and will feel bad about the way that it ended with his teammates. Um, but if he goes out and performs well tonight, good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Well, and he probably does feel better about it knowing that Embiid and Harden aren't playing and they got a you know <laughs> pretty yep. decent shot at a win. Yep. All right. Um, <clears throat> enough of the NBA. Let's get back to Oregon, Oregon State. This is a big one. Uh, it goes without saying for the Ducks and the Beavs. It's a rivalry game. Uh, but a ton is on the line. For Oregon, it's a spot in the conference championship game. For the Beavs, it's a spot at keeping a 10-win season alive. Let's talk with Angie Machado of BeaverBlitz.com. Uh, previewing Oregon, Oregon State, which will be right here on The Fan, 1230 on Saturday. This is Danny and Dusty. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.